So this is one of those examples where a story that I've been following for more than a decade has finally started to pay off. There was this supernova, the most powerful supernova that had ever been seen back in 2006, and we reported on it quite a bit on Universe Today, and astronomers thought it was an example of one of these, the biggest stars in the universe, like Eta Carina, exploding as a supernova. But more recently, astronomers have figured out something that's even cooler, a white dwarf falling inside a red giant and spiraling inward, maybe as quickly as like a hundred years, and then exploding from within. And that created this super weird signature. All right, let's get into the episode. In 2006, astronomers spotted the telltale sign of a supernova detonating in the galaxy NGC 1260 located about 240 million light years away in the constellation of Perseus. As telescopes around the world turned their collective light gathering power on the expanding explosion, later designated as SN 2006GY, they realized that they were seeing something very unusual. This clearly wasn't a regular supernova. It grew to be 100 times brighter than the typical stellar explosion and lasted much, much longer. More than a decade after that cosmic explosion, astronomers finally think they know what series of events led to the release of this much energy, now called a superluminous supernova. A red giant ate a white dwarf, an event so rare it probably accounts for only one in 1,000 supernova. There are two main types of supernova seen in the universe. They're the core collapse variety, where a star many times more massive than our sun runs out of fuel in its core. It burns through its hydrogen, switching to helium, carbon, etc., all the way up the periodic table of elements until it reaches iron. Since the fusion of iron doesn't release any energy, the outward light pressure keeping the star inflated goes away, and it collapses in on itself. The material falls inward, at close to the speed of light, creating a neutron star or black hole. Enormous amounts of energy are released into space and we see this as a supernova. The other main way is where a white dwarf star, the dead remnant of a main sequence star, strips material away from a companion star. The white dwarf is made almost entirely of carbon, the point that it reached in the fusion process until it lacked enough temperature and pressure in the core and it stopped. By feeding on material from a companion star, it can continue to pile on the mass until it reaches approximately 1.4 times the mass of the Sun, known as the Chandrasekhar limit. At this point, it has enough pressure to begin the fusion of carbon again. It does this instantly, catastrophically, becoming a Type 1a supernova. Supernova 2006-GY didn't fit any of the models for either type of explosion. It didn't look like either an exploding white dwarf or a core collapse supernova. More than a decade ago, astronomers used the Chandra X-ray Observatory to rule out a white dwarf exploding into a hydrogen-rich environment. Even though it was bright in many different wavelengths, it was relatively dim in the X-ray spectrum. The top working theory for astronomers was that this was an example of the death of one of the largest, most massive stars in the universe. Stars with 100 to 200 times the mass of the Sun. One idea was that the star had shed layers of outer material, like the nebula we see around the supermassive star Eta Carinae. Another idea 
is the pair instability model, where free electrons and positrons are produced by the interaction of atomic nuclei and gamma rays. This momentarily decreases the outward pressure of the star, causing it to partially collapse. Fusion in the core increases dramatically, and the entire star just explodes completely without leaving any remnant behind. Astronomers think they finally have their answer. A new paper published in the journal Science titled A Type 1a Supernova at the Heart of Superluminous Transient SN2006 GY proposes that this explosion occurred because a white dwarf star was enveloped by a companion red giant star. The white dwarf spiraled into the core of the star and exploded. The clue to this sequence of events comes from the detection of neutral iron in the spectral lines of the supernova. Astronomers were able to deduce that a third of a solar mass of iron was created, which is a telltale signature of a type 1a supernova after all, an exploding white dwarf. This envelope of iron was expanding outward at a speed of 4,500 kilometers per hour. With all the puzzle pieces in place, the researchers now think they know what happened. A long time ago, this was a binary system containing two main sequence stars like the sun. One star died first, running out of fuel in its core, expanding as a red giant, blasting away its outer layers, and then collapsed into a white dwarf. And normally, this is the final stage of a main sequence star's life. Astronomers have discovered many examples of this scenario out there in the universe. It's called the cataclysmic variable. They're a white dwarf and a main sequence star in a very tight orbit, sometimes as close as the Earth and the Moon. The two starbits orbit one another every 1 to 10 hours or so. Astronomers estimate that there are as many as a million of these cataclysmic variable binary systems in the Milky Way. As material from the companion star falls on the white dwarf, it piles up and explodes in a bright flash. Astronomers call this a nova. Through this process, the white dwarf gets more and more massive until it reaches that critical 1.4 times the mass of the sun. The white dwarf is made almost entirely of carbon, and when it reaches this point, the entire object undergoes carbon fusion instantly. This is the type 1a supernova. Things were very different in the SN2006 GY system, however. And I'll get to that in a second, but first I'd like to thank Jeremy and Heather Hunt, Aidan Doherty, Alan Hannabauer, and the rest of our 860 patrons for their generous support. Join our community at patreon.com slash universe today. Supernova 2006 GY did contain a binary pair of stars with a white dwarf and a main sequence star in a relatively close orbit. But the timing worked out so that the companion star ran out of fuel in its core and expanded up to become a red giant as well. Now, when our sun goes through this process several billion years from now, it could expand to the point that it engulfs the Earth. As I mentioned earlier, type 1a supernova happened when a white dwarf feeds off material from a stellar companion and then explodes. But in this situation, the two stars were so close that the red giant engulfed the white dwarf entirely. It was like an all-you-can-eat buffet of destruction. Trapped inside the red giant's atmosphere, the white dwarf experienced friction that slowed its orbital velocity and caused it to spiral inward down to the core. And this process probably only took about 100 years and caused the red giant to heave off more material into space from its outer layers. When the white dwarf finally completed its journey down into the core of the red giant, it completed its transformation into a type 1a supernova. It was quick and easy to find enough material in the core to reach that critical 1.4 times the mass of the sun limit. And then it exploded, 
detonating the red giant from the inside. The supernova explosion struck the shell of material like a brick wall, converting the kinetic energy of the explosion into light. And this was why it was so bright in visible light, but not as bright in other wavelengths like x-rays. One intriguing idea from the researchers is that the white dwarf collided with another object inside the red giant, like yet another white dwarf or even a neutron star, helping to trigger the explosion. That would be pretty cool. Although astronomers will probably still continue to argue back and forth about what causes these superluminous supernovae, this new paper takes a big step forward in explaining the root cause. Whatever it turns out to be an exploding supermassive star or a red giant exploding from the inside out, it's incredible to imagine. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Here are the names of the patrons who support us at the $10 level and more. Want to see your name here, support the work we do, go to patreon.com slash universe today. And once a week, I gather up all my space news into a single email newsletter and I send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story and links you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com slash newsletter to sign up. And did you know that all of my videos are also available in a handy audio podcast format so that you can have the latest episodes as well as special bonus material like interviews with me show up on your audio device. Go to universetoday.com slash audio or search for Universe Today on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll put a link in the show notes. We did a whole episode on Novae and how they compare to Supernovae. So if you feel like I glossed over that point, you can dig deeper here. 